Welcome back to the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. We are so excited to have you guys back here. Remember, if you like the show, just consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Uh, if you if you decide to do that, send a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and he will get one of these Heartland College Sports koozies out in the mail for you. It's completely free. You don't have to pay anything for it. They're really good quality. I've got my drink right here and one right now, and uh, it's, it's something you definitely want if you're listening to the podcast. So uh, make sure you send that screenshot to Pete Mundo, and he will get it, get something out in the mail for you pretty quickly here. Today we are talking the unintended consequences of conference realignment, and we're going to boil down to, to one specific point, but, but we've discussed some of this before, uh, and let's just kind of recap a little bit. We've talked about some of the challenges and opportunities that that conference realignment presents when it comes to recruiting. You've got schools able to get into states that they haven't been able to get into either before or in a long time. A good example would be Colorado uh, recruiting the state of Texas, which it used to do really well when it was in the Big 12, and it has not been able to do so here recently. Obviously, they'll be back in the Big 12, and uh, they will get that opportunity back. But some of the some of the challenges it presents is if you're USC or UCLA or now Oregon and Washington, and you're on out there all the way by on the West Coast by yourself, and you've got to travel for all of your games, travel to the East Coast or to the mid the uh, Midwest, and and you've got to make a two thousand mile trek for some of these games. That's going to present some opportunities. There's there's kids that don't want to be that far away from home, and so, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that we're we're looking at. We're we're looking at travel issues. We're looking at expenses and and the multi millions uh, for some of these schools yearly that they're estimating when they make the move. And so we have no idea what those are going to do or what kind of impact that's going to have on some of these universities. We've talked about. Uh, conferences being from both coasts and how that presents some some cultural differences. You know, how much does somebody from the West Coast really have in common uh, with somebody from the East Coast? And when it comes to those fan bases, is there really going to be this, is there going to be a genuine feel for, for football games, for college football games, or are we going to have to see some of that excitement manufactured like we see in the NFL a little bit? Um, you know, there's good things and there's bad things to all of this. But I think the thing that gets swept under the rug the most right now and is not being talked about enough is the loss of some of these rivalries and how big some of these rivalries that we're seeing go away have been in the past. I mean, when you boil it down, college football is all about the rivalries. That's what makes this sport so much different than we we see in the NFL. Sure, in the NFL, you've got Eagles, Cowboys, you've got Packers, Bears, uh, you've got Lions, Vikings. You have these rivalries, but as good as those are, they're, they don't quite live up to the same feel of a college football Saturday when you have Ohio State and Michigan playing one another or when the Iron Bowl's on TV and, and you, you pull up a seat and you watch Auburn and, and Alabama go at it. And there's just this, there's this different feel to that. Right when you when you when you have a game like Army Navy that has its own week, 
in the college football season, and and that's the game on that week. There's something different about that. That's that's what makes college football what it is. It's a totally unique sport. People from other countries don't quite understand why we get so fired up about the teams that we are so we're we're so integrated with just in our daily lives. We don't they don't understand it, but it's because of those rivalries, and we're seeing a lot of them go away now. This isn't something new. I'll admit, I'm only 28 years old. So when the Southwest Conference and and the Big Eight uh, merged and, and we, we saw some things go away or when we saw Arkansas and Texas uh, uh, not be able to play anymore or, or we saw some of these older rivalries that were around for a long time disappear, I wasn't around to experience that. However, I have been around to experience the the uh, latter waves of conference realignment. What we saw in 2011 and 2012, how that broke up some of these rivalries. Uh, and then obviously what we're seeing happen right before our eyes, it's just, it's just wrong. And, and what, what got this all started for me today, what made me decide to talk on this this week was this morning, uh, Brett McMurphy from Action Network reported that TCU was putting its series with SMU, which they battle yearly for the Iron Skillet, they're putting that that series on hold indefinitely. Um, there wasn't a reason given, uh, and we can speculate on what that is here in just a bit. But you know, th- these are teams that have been playing since 1915. They've played consecutively uh, since 1989, and so this is a rivalry that has been played many a times. It's been a really closely contested rivalry. And it's been something that a lot of people, you know, if you're a if you're a TCU or or an SMU fan, this is a rivalry that you've watched probably your entire life if you're listening to this podcast. So I just I I, I have to ask why why is that something that we are are okay with seeing go to the wayside? And a lot of us aren't. Um, obviously, I, me talking about it, I'm not. Uh, but the people that are making the decisions. They just don't really seem to care. And so we see Battle for the Iron Skillet gone in 2025. That's the last year it's going to be played. Um, but but there are, there are others that we're going to see go by the wayside. We're going to see uh, we're going to see Bedlam obviously go away. There's been 117 meetings in that in that series and and sure it's been lopsided. Oklahoma's won the majority of those, but Growing up in the state of Oklahoma, I know how big that game is every every time it comes around. Every year that that comes around in November, it's a big deal. It just is. That Bedlam is is a big deal in the state of Oklahoma. And for every time that Oklahoma wins, and they stack up another one, it, it's you know it, it's expected from that side of the rivalry. But when Oklahoma State wins, this state suddenly turns black and orange. It just does that. There is it's that's just the way that it is. And we're seeing that go to the wayside. The very last time that we're going to see that that game played, at least for the foreseeable future, is here in 2023. Um, We're seeing the Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State. We're seeing that go away. That game's been played 114 times. They played the first time in 1900. The, t- the score was five to five in that game. We've, we've seen so much history 
in some of these rivalries. Let's just let's just go down the list here. These are these are some rivalries that have been lost uh, to conference realignment. We saw we saw Nebraska Oklahoma go to the wayside. That's eighty eight meetings all time. Uh, we saw the border war between Kansas and Missouri go to the wayside. That's one hundred and twenty meetings all time. Battle of the Brazos. Uh, if you're not familiar, that is Baylor and Texas A&M, 108 meetings. Texas, Arkansas. We'll see this renewed one renewed pretty quick. 79 meetings all time. Uh, the Backyard Brawl, which is Pittsburgh and West Virginia. That's 105 meetings all time. The Civil War, the fifth oldest rivalry in FBS football between Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, that game's been played 126 times. It will uh, it will no longer happen after the 2023 season. Iowa State Missouri. Uh, it's an under it's an undervalued one. That's 104 meetings. Obviously, the Iron Skillet we just talked about 101 meetings. Stanford and USC 101 meetings. These are these are games and rivalries that have been played for generations we have there have been people born and died since the beginning of some of these rivalries since the beginning of most of these rivalries and now uh you know my my kid my you know the kids that are just growing up and getting interested in in these in these games they're they're gonna miss out on on what really makes college football college football i i i mean where, what are we doing? Why why is this why is this okay? I don't understand how a decision maker that is trying to forward the game of, of of football at the college level can look at this and say it's okay to um it's it's okay to just call this call this it and, and we we move on. We don't really need those games. It, it, there's passion. There's there are generations, as I said, that have have come and gone watching these games, and what it all boils down to is television networks are paying ludicrous amounts of money for uh, conference, you know, for for the Big Ten's proper uh, property, for the SEC product, for the Big Twelve product, for for the ACC. We're we're seeing these schools uh, leave. These regional rivalries or regional rivals behind for a bigger paycheck. Now, that's business, right? That that's it is what it is. That that's business. That's how things work, and I understand that. What I don't understand is how we're not looking for a way to fix this right away, right? Like we we've we see rivalries happen in schools or with schools that are not in the same conference we see them still uh we see them still played uh between schools like Georgia and Georgia Tech we see that every year we see Clemson and South Carolina play every year uh those conf- those teams don't share conferences Florida and Florida State play every year those teams uh play conferences play uh out of conference games and still maintain their rivalries so my point is how do we get to that point? Because right now, you know, just from my perspective, it doesn't seem like these schools are really all that worried about losing some of the uh, it, TCU is making the decision to indefin- indefinitely suspend this rivalry. 
why, why I, that's, I just don't understand why we're at that point. And so what it, what it boils down to is some people have argued with me today about, well, conference realignment isn't ruining that rivalry. TCU's not going anywhere. Well, that, that may be the case. They are still in the Big 12, and I don't think SMU is going to end up in the ACC as much as it may like that. But what it's done, it's changed the way that we look at the game. The conf- conference realignment has changed the way that we look at the game because it's going to change the way that the college football playoff is formatted. If you sit here on August 16th, 2023, and believe that the college football playoff is going to expand to 12 teams with six auto bids and six at-large bids, and it's just going to go exactly how they said it was going to before this latest wave of conference realignment happened. I got news for you. That's It's not going to happen that way. There's going to be some discussions. There are going to be some some people uh, trying to pull the rug out for, from us and, and change things again, and it probably should given how much things have changed. There's no reason to have six automatic qualifiers now when you've only got four conferences uh, and really two conferences that are way out front and, and the other ones are, are doing their best to stay uh, riding their coattails right now. So things are going to change. So that that's one thing that changes. The other thing that changes is the conference schedule for these, for these super conferences is going to have to change. The Big 12 has played a round-robin schedule for years. They've played the other nine schools in the conference. You have a nine-game schedule. Uh, you've got three non-conference games. And that's just the way it's been. It's not going to be that way going forward. We're going to have to see some things change in the Big Twelve this year. You've got team. You're dodging four other teams in the conference. So when you look at how a 16-team Big Twelve looks, how do we how do we make this work? And apparently, TCU believes it's in its best interest going forward that SMU is not on the schedule every year. And so does that mean that they're moving to they're they're continuing a nine game conference and they're gonna drop that and, and schedule other opponents? Are they looking to to add somebody non conference like Texas potentially? Uh you know, when you have a team like Texas coming in to Fort Worth every other year, uh it just it changes the dynamic of what that game looks like. And in some ways TCU may view that as a better opportunity than keeping the SMU rivalry going. Uh, are we seeing them change this for the for the aspect of TCU needs more opportunities to pick up easier wins, for lack of a better term, so that they are in a better position uh, for the for the college football playoff at the end of the year? What is the driving force behind all of that? That's it's all conference realignment. It's all changing the landscape of college football, therefore changing the way that we look at the sport as a whole. And so, conference realignment has killed several rivalries. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't go to the flip side of that and say some of these rivalries are coming back now. Obviously, we pick up the holy war in the Big 12. Uh, you've got Utah and BYU that have played. Uh, 101 times they're going to be playing again, which is which is fantastic. That's that's I'm really excited about that. Obviously, you've got the Lone Star Showdown uh, between Texas and Texas A&M that's coming back. Texas and Arkansas will start playing again. 
Uh, you've got Oklahoma and Missouri picking things back up again. Uh, you know, there, there are some positives to this, but they're greatly outweighed by the games that we have lost. And I just, I think that we would be mistaken if we didn't take the time when all of this circles back around and we have to make decisions again in 10 years, when all of these contracts are up, these television contracts are up and it's time to look at it again. I think we would be mistaken if we didn't take the time to see how we could fit some of these rivalries back into the fold because in the end, this is this is what has made college football for for up until this point is what made it unique. Um, you've got kids, you've got kids. Think about it this way: junior high kids that are are about to walk into to high school as freshmen this year for the first time and play and play high school football, and they grew up in the state of Washington. Their entire life, they have watched the Apple Cup. They've watched Washington and Washington State go back and forth. And they have watched these uh, two teams. And it's been their dream to go and play for the Huskies. Or it's been their dream to go and play for the Cougars. And now, they're going to miss that marquee game between those two teams. If you're a kid in Oklahoma, you don't get to you don't get to sign on at Oklahoma State and play OU every year. It, it doesn't happen. You don't get that opportunity anymore. And so we're tearing the fabric that has held college football together for over a hundred years now. And I I just think it's time to to take some some caution with that because yes, money is great. It does develop. It helps helps these programs and these schools develop the amazing facilities that they have and the amazing, uh, you know, the health, the, the health care and help that these, these athletes have the facilities that they, they have not only to, to play in, but to study in you know, you have all of these beautiful campuses that are, that are run by, by the money that these football programs are able to bring in. But at the end of the day, uh, when do we start cutting things out that, that are unnecessary to be cut out. When, when do we start cutting things out that are uh, essentially what make the games worth playing? And I just think it's time to take a step back and realize uh, maybe maybe the right thing it to do is not is not chase the money, chase the paycheck. Maybe the right thing to do is make sure that that you're still uh, keeping these rivalries intact and finding a way to make them work each and every year. Uh, does that mean? an eight game schedule like the SEC plays so that they're able to to play out of conference rivals potentially. Uh you know, there's drawbacks to that obviously, but but maybe that is the way to make it happen. Um all I'm saying is is we need to find a way to try because if we don't before we before we know it, we're gonna look at college football and it's not going to be the same game that we love. It's gonna be a glorified NFL farm camp for for teams that that just sending they're sending the next great uh flock of of nfl players to the next level and and that's not what college football is it's never been that and it doesn't need to be that and i don't want it to be that so uh, let's let's take some time to to try and fix this uh before it's absolutely too late that's going to do it for for us here tonight on the uh, on the portal podcast i appreciate you guys listening in uh, and remember, if you like the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and a review on iTunes and send your screenshot to Pete Mundo 
at heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, I promise you want one of these koozies. So make sure you do that and he'll get one out in the mail to you here pretty quickly. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.